on your PC, iPod or smartphone, this is the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. Coming up on the 13th episode of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast for 2016, we catch up with the coach of the Brisbane Lions women's football side, Craig Starsevich, and Wimbledon Hawks draftee hopeful, Kate Shearlaw. That and some interesting news on the girlsplayfooty.com podcast. I'm Peter Holden and welcome to the 13th edition of the girlsplayfooty.com podcast, our 47th podcast overall. Finally, good to be back. Apologies for taking a month off, but we really did need the break. We needed to take a breather. And finally, we're back with uh, just two interviews in this podcast, but some exciting news for you as well. Let's kick off with the news, shall we? Uh, yours truly is heading to Sarasota, Florida in October for the USAFL Nationals. Well, to be accurate, I'm heading over for a bit of a holiday in the US, a much-needed personal holiday. But uh, during that time, I'm going to swing by the weekend that the USAFL Nationals are happening on in Florida. I'll be reporting from there. Now, whether that's going to be um, one or two blog articles, whether it's going to be uh, a podcast before and after the uh, event, whether it's going to be uh, helping Brian Barish out and calling one or two video stream games, or whether that's taking a whole radio thing over and, and calling every women's match that's there at the carnival we, we quite don't know yet we're making it up as we go along but i can tell you that if we spot any female footballers that are worth being drafted we'll let you know about it via girlsplayfooty.com so keep it on our webpage around the middle of october for all the usafl nationals action now let's jump into our interviews our first interview is with the new brisbane lions women's coach craig starsevich uh, craig's been a great friend of girlsplayfooty.com we actually did this interview a couple of weeks ago and I do apologise to him uh, for taking it so long to finally be out there but um, this special interview with Craig, we talk about um, life after the marquees. We know the two marquee players are Taylor Harris and Sabrina Frederick Torb. Now what? There's this big gap until October 10. Well before the state draft, a side has to be put together. You've got to think about all the coaches, all the support staff and what they're thinking is to get the list of 25. That's why we've got Craig on the line to explain the next steps, explain how how it all happens. Craig, thank you very much for joining us. And for you personally, congratulations. You must be relieved now to finally have the official title on your head that you are the Brisbane Lions women's coach. Uh, yeah, quite good, Peter. It's um, it's a bit of a continuation of the role that I've had for the last uh, year and a bit, two years, in terms of developing football, female football in Queensland anyway. So, um, yeah, it's a nice, nice natural progression from that. But, um, yeah, there's extra responsibility that comes with um, leading up an AFL club, that's for sure. So we're uh, you know, looking forward to next year and hopefully getting off to a bright start. Uh, like Mish Cohen, you won't be obviously coaching uh, the Bulldogs. Mish, of course, going from Melbourne to Fremantle. Does it feel like a little bit like musical chairs at the moment as everyone's trying to sort out who goes where and what happens? Yeah, but we sort of anticipated this six months ago that you know the, the season was mapped out and it's the promotional value of the two AFL clubs playing each other in that last game is um, still very, very high and, and very strong. So that's, um, I think we're all in agreement that we've got to go down that path. Um, but yeah, it is a bit, it's a bit odd that we're all, um, you know, finally settling in other places. And when the marquees are announced in the next week or two, you'll find, you know, a lot of those players playing at the other six clubs as well, lining up for the Bulldogs and, and Melbourne as well. So we're, we're sort of prepared to live with it and put on a spectacle and, um, you know, probably reward those two clubs for being the trailblazers in the first place. 
Uh, out of the clubs named uh, and the coach named uh, thus far, do you feel you've got the biggest advantage, being that you were the AFL Queensland, or still are for part of the year, the AFL Queensland female high-performance coach? You're coaching the Lions, which essentially will be picking up most, if not all, of its players from Queensland. So you already have the knowledge of what's available? Um, yeah, it's got to be a bit of an advantage to know what's coming through and, and uh, where people are at. Um, so, yeah, certainly knowing the players, I think, is a, 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 a decent advantage there. Um, we've um, been pretty uh, pretty solid with our development pathway in the last couple of years. So we've got some, some nice talent coming through, 15, 16, 17, 18-year-olds. So looking forward to bringing those into the system as well. But I think, um, yeah, I think there, there's definitely an advantage there knowing... Uh, what we've got coming through, where our strengths and deficiencies are and trying to um, um, you know, plug those gaps as we best can as well. And on that, have you actually had a consistent game plan over the last uh, two or three years with the Queensland Youth Girls and the Queensland Senior Women and will we naturally see that progress through into the Lions? Yeah, we have. Yeah, there's definitely a style of play that we would like to um, call a Queensland style of play or a Brisbane Lions style of play. Um, and it's uh, you know it's 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 starting to uh, come through. It's not not uh, humming along perfectly yet, but I think the type of player that we're going to develop and bring into our group um, will produce a style of footy that will be actually appealing to watch, but also give us the best chance for success. Also, so um, it's probably not you know miles away from anything any other of the uh, good AFL teams, male or female, are doing, but. Um, We'd like to play a spectacular style that attracts fans, uh, gives us a chance to win, and is consistent uh, right through our talent pathway. Uh, it was mentioned by uh, Brianna Brock, the uh, new uh, female CEO um, at the Brisbane Lions, that um, that some interstate players were thinking about, or at least sending some emails inquiring about maybe coming up to Queensland and being involved in that state draft for the Lions. Um, do you feel it's a bit of just kicking the tyres at the moment, or do you think you might be able to pull a handful away from the other states who may miss out to, to pulling on a Lions jumper? Yeah, I think there's, um, like, ideally, we'd love to have 80% plus content uh, on our list of local talent. So that's definitely something we're looking at to make sure it's uh, got a real Queensland flavour to it. Um, there are two or three high-profile Queenslanders running around in the VWFL that we'd love to get our hands on and get back into their home states. Um, so that's a work in progress. Um, but... Yeah, I think as a destination, we've got plenty to offer, particularly this time of the year. Peter, I don't know how many layers of jumpers you've got on there tonight, but um, it's pretty nice up here in Queensland today. It was 21 degrees and the sun was out and you look at Adelaide and Melbourne shivering today and and, uh, the the climate that we have to play footy in, particularly June, July, August, September, that time of the year, um, can make it really appealing for someone to move here permanently, not just for the um, National League season across February and March. So we think we've got a really strong competition with our QWAFL, six teams and and not much between first and sixth. Uh, I think that's an attraction as well, Um, the lifestyle and the the climate and those sorts of things. And and our facilities are pretty good as well. So uh, we think Queensland's pretty attractive. 
Um, it's one thing that I guess that hasn't been touched on, but obviously with players that do look at, at moving interstate, whether they be marquees or whether they be the lower level players just looking for, for new opportunities, has there been much, uh, at least to say with the Queensland, much talk between the club per se and AFL Queensland about where these import players should go when it comes to state league football if they stay full year round? Um, well, that, that'll be a problem. That'll be a nice problem to have, Peter, when we get down the track and know exactly how many interstaters we have with us. Um, however, you'd think the fairest thing to do is to spread them across some of the lower-ranked teams in our competition. And I'm only speaking off the cuff here, but that seems to be... Um, and I know, I know with other leagues around the country too, when uh, the AFL male teams have their drafts, there's, there's generally some sort of distribution of talent um, done on a draft basis to, with the weaker clubs having the first pick. So I suspect something like that would be the fairest way to go. Uh, you were mentioning before about uh, with players coming up to Queensland, hopefully they'll choose the option because of the nice warmer weather. But uh, I, I guess that's one thing from your perspective as well. You have to look at what you can offer besides uh, money on the table. I guess uh, one option out there at the moment has been Fremantle as part of their bid. They had uh, uh, one of the universities which they've teamed up with, which is looking at scholarships for, for players of a certain age that come across. Yeah, there's certainly that uh, happening as well. And we've already had the academies running for a few years in Queensland too and also uh, New South Wales. So the, the Lions and Sons academies are well established here and there are some uh, possibilities around that in terms of uh, scholarships and making life easier to uh, to uh, keep keep the talented athlete in your sport, the homegrown one, but also attract the uh, some of the others from interstate as well. Um, as you look to build your coaching staff, just to, just to give an idea for those at home, uh, how many are you looking to recruit when it comes to assistant coaches, team managers, etc., to film uh, to fill what will be the crew behind you that puts the side out in the paddock? Uh, yeah, there is quite a, a list of people that we need to provide roles for um, to help us out in terms of servicing the team over that uh, four to five month period. Um, it'll look a little bit like second tier. Um, men's football, I guess, in terms of uh, staff numbers and uh, time commitment. So that's um, that's a really nice start to get to that point, and I suspect it will only grow from there. And I think there will be, um, and this is uh, a work in progress also, we're working out with the men's team how many crossover services there will be as well where um, there might be a, a downtime at a certain time of the year for, I don't, I don't know, uh, for example, the analysis department of, uh, of uh, the uh, coaching staff, whether it be the sports science analysts or the uh, statistical analysts, those types of people might come in handy, handy for us while there's uh, less game play on um, in the regular season for the men. So we're looking at how many sort of crossover services we might be able to utilise as well. Do you expect the uh, full staff that's helped you so far at, at the Queensland State women's side to come across and join you at the Lions, or are you looking further afield for the assistant coaches that you might have? Uh, no, they, they're, they're a possibility as well, but um, no, we're pretty open-minded as to where our assistant coaches will come from, where our sports science people will come from, physios, doctors, those sorts of people. So, yeah, I mean, logic will tell us that you know there, there will be a few of our current Queensland State staff that will come across and, you know, we'll be hopeful of picking up some other people with other areas of expertise also.
And finally, of course, uh, we, we know as part of the list, there's the two marquees. There's about 21, 22 that'll be picked up in the state draft. The AFL have made, I think it's two or three spots for what they dub as free agents. That's players that have retired that think of coming back or, or crossovers. Um, could that also be possibly open to overseas players? I know you were uh, impressed with Kim Hemingway in that uh, Swans versus Giants match that you did special comments on. Uh, has the net been cast that far to see that talent from the US, Canada, England, Ireland, for example? Kim had a great game, and and um, I was more happy that she was from the New York Magpies at that point. So um, <laughs> that was, uh, but uh, no, seriously, she did have a good game, and I think her and Katie Klatt from uh, Sacramento also had a good game as well. So um, there'll be others like her. There's there there are a lot of Canadians already um, down at the Eastern Devils in Melbourne, um, and I think that avenue also. And, and given that there's an international cup coming up next year, 2017. Uh, that, again, will give us all another chance to have a look at um, female talent outside of Australia as well. So while that's still a year away, um, I think those two spots, um, yeah, you can be quite creative with them. You could uh, look at players from other sports right now and think about put, putting them onto your uh, supplementary list, or you could go abroad also. So, yeah, that's an exciting little innovation that we've got some scope to do something with. And just before we uh, let you go as well, when we talk about uh, the players that you're looking at recruiting, can you give us a rough idea on your database, how many numbers are there of players that you sit down thinking, I'm looking at this many and now I'm going to cut back to get to my eventual 25? At the moment, we're we're really only looking at Queenslanders. So um, we know that our state academy had 50-plus players in it. Um, So at this point in time, everyone's a chance. Um, and then we've got another list of people that we've had inquiries from, um, and um, you know that by the time by the time we put that together, it's it's upwards of sixty or seventy. So um, we can only get obviously down to to the twenty five plus two. So um, yeah, it'll be an interesting process, but um, I think it'll sort itself out um, over the next month or two, and, and we'll arrive at what we need. And and I guess it's it's important to be you know fairly astute as to what you need on your list and have the right amount of tools, right amount of uh, midfielders and so forth. So it's um, yeah, going to be an interesting process, but um, yeah, there'll be no shortage of people putting their hands up. And we thank Craig very much for his time and his patience as well. Um, he's been a fantastic supporter of girlsplayfooty.com and we certainly wish him all the very best in his new role as he leads the Brisbane Lions women's team into the national competition in 2017. And of course, uh, the stressful few weeks ahead as he decides who's going to be his 25 and um, let's hope that he gets a great side out there and they play some exciting football. One player that wants to be in that team or any of the eight teams is an Adelaide woman who's currently based in London and only took up footy this year. Her name is Kate Shearlaw. Now, she caught our eye at girlsplayfooty.com because she was one of the few players to actually put together a highlights reel on YouTube, professionally edited, and it looks very good. And uh, after you see it, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a few more female footballers that are putting their highlights package together to try and catch the eyes of the recruiters. Kate, thank you very much for joining us here at girlsplayfooty.com now I believe like uh, many female athletes um, for you, you're a cross code player, you actually started uh, off playing basketball with the Bearcats uh, in West Adelaide didn't you? Yeah, I um, started playing basketball um, from, from quite a young age, 16 I was, before that I was doing a bit of athletics um, but switched over to basketball and 
um, playing for the Bearcats from yeah, 16 to when I moved over to London in about August. Um, got to London and started playing social basketball, met my one of my good friends now, Lisa, uh, and she got me over to footy, so I've been playing them since the start of this year and just loving it. Now, of course, before you played footy this year, was there a temptation at all to play footy a, a few years ago back in Adelaide? And, of course, we're talking about an era before this National League was even announced, and originally, first, it was meant to be in 2020. Yeah, uh, I've always loved footy. I'm obsessed with it. Um, my family and friends would all tell you. I watch it religiously. Um, I play out the back. I'll kick with family and friends all the time. I'm absolutely obsessed, but never really considered it as a... I guess as a sporting option, um, and I had always had the basketball, so I just stuck with that. And uh, since since moving over here, and then the I, I guess the expansion of the new league, and it's just like such an exciting time in the sport. Um, it's just really like giving me something to strive for, I guess. And what first led you over to London? Oh, I just wanted to travel here as much as possible, and yeah, change something up in my life and get a life experience under my belt. And, of course, you, you said you, you met Lisa Wilson, who got you along to the Wimbledon Hawks. What do you remember about that first conversation about you being egged along to come along, pick up a footy and give Aussie rules a try? Yeah, she um, she saw me at basketball. Obviously, I'm quite quite tall for a girl, and she just she got really quite excited about that. And she knew I was Aussie, so she um, yeah, just tried to, tried to poach me, I guess. And she... she um, Played along with the fact that it's a social social thing and meet, meet a lot of new people. What you know, obviously new to the country and yeah, so she knew she knew from early on I was obsessed with the sport, just that I hadn't really played it and um, yeah, just went with that. We don't get to ask this question very often because many footballers we speak to have been playing for a number of years. But for you, it'd be fresh in your mind making this your debut season. What do you recall about playing your first game? Uh, my first game was in. We had a pre-season tournament in Belfast, uh, and we were all we were wearing silly costumes because that was it was a, a pre-season tournament. We were going over the team bonding aspect as well, and I was so I was just so excited, so excited to you know take a few marks and get my hands on the ball. And but I was also a little bit apprehensive about the physicality of the game, on how I would how I would you know cope with all of that, um, and that's. It kind of, yeah, realised that it's actually not, it's not that bad, and I enjoy it, enjoy the physicality and getting in the contest, and yeah, I loved it. And how's it been for the Wimbledon Hawks this year? Before we talk about your premiership, and we need to focus on the competition. A couple of years ago, it was just like a social game between women. And then they formed the league last year, which Wimbledon made to the grand final, but ended up being runners-up. This year, there was a big step forward, wasn't it, for the league, particularly early on, where all four teams in the competition managed to get 18 aside, which is rare for an overseas Aussie rules competition. Yeah, it's been amazing the transformation actually and I'm so pleasantly surprised with how strong strong it is over here um, and how much people yeah, get into it but we've really had the numbers have been so good that we've had to actually tell girls that they can't actually play and we've had to sit people out um, and we're not the only club most clubs have had the same issues so uh, that's only a positive for the sport over here and um, it's only going to get better bigger and better each year 
And, of course, uh, Wimbledon playing in the grand final over the weekend, um, wiping away the nightmare of last year, losing. Uh, what a victory, 65 points. Didn't even let your opponents North London score. No, we, we've got, we pride ourselves on our defensive side and um, we've got, uh, our defence is amazing. Midfield has run both ways, so hard to get through. Um, from the middle, it's really hard for them to get any teams to get through. And our forward pressure, uh, we, we lock the ball in quite well in the forward line as well. So pretty formidable team um, it was this year and hopefully we can back it up again next year, I guess. Now, of course, uh, we talk about players wanting to make the draft from overseas, um, and we talk about overseas-born players. We know some of the Americans that have been playing it for a couple of years, and Canadians. The Canadians have been regulars flying into Victoria and playing for the likes of the Eastern Devils. Uh, we know of an American, Katie Clatt, who's just flown across from Sacramento to now play in Melbourne uh, for Melbourne University to try and get drafted. For you, what was the process from going a few months ago to picking up the footy for the first time to now making wanting to make a serious tilt at being drafted for next year's national competition? Um, well, I guess, I guess I've just had a bit of feedback from, from teammates, from coaches, uh, which just has like, spurred me on, I guess, and um, the support's been amazing. I, I'm really keen just to keep learning, and um, I'm quite a competitive person, so I just really want to challenge myself um, to be the best I can, and... Yeah, that, that's really the process that I've taken it. And then um, the club's been amazing. Wimbledon's just been unbelievable. Uh, the guys that have helped with the video and um, Sparky with, with the video and um, also the feedback and Lisa following up and just, just backing me up. And yeah, it's just been amazing support, really. And I was about to mention that Sparky, Lauren Spark, formerly of Melbourne University, she played in the exhibition game. She knows what it's like to be drafted and play on the big stage. What's it been like being under her and her coaching and being able to learn from her? Yeah, she's an absolute gun, um, Jet. So she's similar deal to me, similar athleticism. So I've just tried to tried to gain as much as much experience and learning as I can from her. Um, she's giving me a lot of feedback uh, every game, every training. She's helping, and um, not only me but all the other girls. She's been yeah, real, real leader. Um, yeah, amazing, really. Now you're about, I think, six one six two in the old language. Um, how would you describe yourself as a footballer? Um, yeah, I play quite tall. I think I play quite tall. Um, my, I think my strength is my marking and my my jump. Uh, running ability, I guess, for my size. I don't, don't know too many girls that can can move around. I guess, uh, and that's that's helped from basketball background, I think. And yeah, I think they're my main my main strength. Would you call yourself the, a ruck that pushes forward or a ruck that prefers to push back? Uh, forward, yeah. Uh, I like to get forward, take a few grabs. And uh, hopefully get a few snacks as well for the uh, Wimbledon Hawks. Now, you talked about the video you put together. Whose idea was that? To um, and, and it's quite rare, um, I guess, on the female side of things. It's not uncommon uh, in men's football, particularly with TAC Cup boys coming through because there's a lot of vision available of them playing football, but not so much on the female side of things. So uh, and I think you might be one of only a very few that have actually put together a videotape of, um, or I say videotape, a YouTube vision of you... Um, uh, uh, playing football and trying to show off your skills. Whose idea was to put all that together? 
Well, we had feedback uh, through the club just looking for looking for some footage because it's very obviously very hard. I'm over here and no one's seen me play, no one knows me at all. So um, just try to just try to get my name out there as much as possible. And they just thought the only way without me flying over there, um, you know, I suppose putting myself out there over in Australia, the the only way was to get some footage and. It's, a, it's, it's challenging because it's, it's very difficult off one game to, to try and you know put your best foot forward. But I mean that was that's what the club's done, and I really appreciate all the work that's been put in, and it's been yeah, they've been really good. And of course, that means um, if you do get drafted, coming back to Australia, was that in your immediate plans to come back to Oz, or you're just essentially waiting for the phone call? Well, yeah, my, my visa is initially supposed to run run out in November next year, so that, the original plan was to to stick that out. Um, but since I've started playing footy, obviously the perspective's all changed, um, and I would jump this opportunity to to play in the new league back home, and I'm sure my family and friends would be stoked with that as well. And of course, that we should point out that uh, it's coming to the state-based draft stage, which means obviously you have to nominate what state you prefer to play in. Uh, for yourself, would you prefer to be playing in obviously South Australia, home state, or would you, for example, look for something like Victoria, where there's four teams to choose from, obviously more opportunities but more competition, or would you look at a developing state, for example, like moving to Sydney and trying to get in with the GWS Giants? Yeah, that's that's something that we've been discussing. I've been discussing with all the all the people involved over here. Um, I Melbourne was where it's probably where I just would want to live. Want to live, but I'm honestly not not fussy. I would jump at the opportunity to to play anywhere. Um, but those discussions, I guess, need to be had over the next next month or so. If it's if it's an opportunity, then I'll I'll jump at it. And for yourself, playing within the AFL uh, London Women's Competition, do you find uh, any players along your type of skill level, do you think there may be, and particularly any that are British-born, for example, that, it, that could be of standard to be drafted? Yeah, the, the skills and the, the ability of the girls over here is actually, it, it has surprised me. The depth, depth, I suppose, isn't, isn't amazing, but I think it's going to only get better and better. And the, the British girls especially, the kicking, I think the kicking is the biggest challenge. For them it's just not a natural thing, but their, their body work and their, you know, their running and stuff is all, is all very high level. Um, but I think, I think it's yeah, definitely, definitely moving in the right direction and, and it's worth, yeah, worth investing some, some resources, I guess, and finding some girls over here. And for you, what's your involvement in the next couple of weeks coming up? Because I believe, obviously, there's the AFL European Championships uh, being played this month in London. Yeah, so I'll be I'll, I'll be going along as, just as a supporter. Um, I've got some friends playing in it, and obviously Sparky, Sparky and uh, Lisa, they're all involved in the coaching side of things and playing. Um, and I'll just be getting around. There's a lot of the, the Wimbledon girls there playing, so we'll get around them. Um, and we thank Kate very much for her time and keep an eye on girlsplayfooty.com over the coming days uh, we'll have an article of her out and we'll have a link to that video that she's put together the highlights reel for any recruiters that want to have a look at maybe drafting her in 2017 and obviously for other players as well who are thinking what's the best way to market themselves to recruiters to catch their eye to hopefully being recruited for the National League in 2017 I'm Peter Holden it's been great having your company
Tuppity. I hope to be back in a week or so with a detailed preview of the AFL European Championships and four women's sides that are playing in that. And then, of course, uh, speaking to more players as we head to the October 10 draft. And, of course, our coverage of the US AFL Nationals happening in October. Plenty to get through in the upcoming episodes of our GirlsPlayFooty.com podcast. And don't forget, you can also listen to our coverage of the VFL Women's Competition with our Match of the Day every Sunday from 1.30pm via GirlsPlayFooty.com. Until next time, I'm Peter Holden, and it's bye for now.